a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Utah Puck Report. I'm your host, Jay Stevens. Along with me today... I'm Gary Michaels. How are you, buddy? Uh, I'm good, man. It's good to have you in the yeah, studio. Glad to be here. Uh, we also have a very special guest today. Yes, we do. They're always very special. This one's <laughs> awesome, though. Uh, Garrett Metcalf, who is an Anaheim Ducks draft pick and is currently playing at Mercyhurst University. Garrett, how are you today? Good, Gary. Jay, how are you guys? Doing great. We're good, man. The we're, other, the other G man. Yeah, the, I was. We were talking <laughs> before we went on the air. We've got two, two guys that go by G or G man on the, on the podcast today. G Hizzle, whatever. I got G, whatever. G is that? All oh, right, that's a little outside the the arrow there. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Garrett, as we're talking to you today, tell us where you're at. Uh, I'm here at school. Uh, it's in Erie, Pennsylvania, kind of a little town in uh, uh, Pennsylvania. We're like 45 minutes from Pittsburgh. You know, Buffalo's really close. Cleveland's pretty close. Uh, it's kind of a smaller town. I, I guess there's not a, a whole lot to do around here, but, uh, you know, we're mostly playing games or, you know, attending class, so right. it's a good time. Uh, how big is the student body there? Do you know? I don't know, like 1,500, 1,700. It's not very big. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's tiny. That's the second time, like, uh, I was talking to, uh, not Jared Pike, I was talking to somebody else that played at American International College, and they said the same thing. They had, like, 1,500 students. Yeah, it's tiny. So, I mean, you basically went to a bigger high school. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> high school and Highland High School were pretty big, so. Yeah. Well, crazy. That's uh, that's a good way to learn. I mean, it's if you only have 20 people in a class, there's nowhere to hide. They're going to make sure you're, yeah, you're learning. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, definitely, it definitely helps education for sure. I mean, if you have questions, teachers are always there and available and willing to talk to you, so it kind of helps in, in that regard for sure. Very cool, very cool. Well, Garrett, uh, uh, for those that don't know Garrett, he is a local-born guy, uh, grew up here in Salt Lake City. And uh, I've known Garrett since. Uh, how old were you when you started? When we started coaching you, like ten? Yeah, I want to say like eight, probably. Yeah, probably eight. Wow. Oh, yeah, that makes me so old. Totally. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Garrett, I, I want to get into the whole story. So, Garrett's Garrett's a goaltender. Um, like we talked about, uh, drafted by the Anaheim Ducks, and currently playing NCAA Division One. And we're going to get into all that, but we want to start at the beginning. And one of the first questions I ask everybody is, tell me your first hockey memory, the first team or, or whatever, your first hockey memory. Uh, I can't, I mean, I don't really remember, like, the first team or the first time I really strapped on pads for, like, a game. But I just remember that uh, my older brother, Skyler, played hockey. Obviously, it's in my family. My dad wrestled forever. But uh, my brother used to tape pillows to my legs and my chest and my arms, <laughs> and he'd put, like, a a player helmet on me and he gave me a baseball glove and I had a player stick and I had a player glove on my blocker hand and told me to just stand in front of the net and he'd rip tennis balls at me. 
Um, so that's kind of my first memory. And then uh, I'd always follow him around and my dad coached his team, I think. And we went to a tournament in Phoenix. And you guys know my dad. He's kind of a cheap guy. So I'm in the hockey <laughs> store and I'm looking around for, for goalie gear. And I find these, like, blue Milex and these things are unreal. And I, I tried all on. Skyler's helping me put it on. And I'm walking through the store with all this goalie gear on. And I'm like, Dad, can we get it? And I knew that he wasn't going to buy it full price. So it was on sale. I'm like, Dad, it's on sale. <laughs> um, he called my mom and he's like, if we buy Garrett this gear, like he's never going to play for it again. He's going to be a goalie. And she's like, he loves it. So that was my first set of pads. Wow. The one thing the hockey parent doesn't want to hear. Yeah. I want yeah. to be the goalie. I, it's funny. Yeah. On, on Facebook, I see it all the time. I'll see somebody post something about their kid trying out goalie gear, and I'm like, oh, man, that's a slippery slope. Oh. Yeah. Once you're on it, that's uh, <laughs> yeah. you can just you might as well just hand over the credit card. It just Yeah, no kidding. Plan on three, three grand <laughs> a year in gear, right? Yeah, no kidding. Ridiculous. That's why I stayed in equipment rep so long. Because when, when Tegan was a goalie growing up, you guys go, we go through pads so quick. Yeah, there was one girl. year he outgrew his pads by Christmas. Oh jeez, yeah, and it's like ouch. And then you, man, your growth spurts have had to have been <laughs> crazy. Well, my my dad, I went from like a thirty three plus two pad to like a thirty five plus two, and it, I, it was way too big for me. But my dad's like, I'm not buying a new pad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting them big. I I honestly think I remember that. I remember a couple times where, and your dad would always like like tennis shoes, like buy them big, let them grow yeah. into them. Yeah. Yeah, and then exactly. typically goalie coaches are like, do not do that. Do not do that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so do you remember the first team? What's the first team you remember playing for? Uh, I honestly couldn't tell. You know, like I played house league and stuff. I guess the first team I remember that was any good was I played for like the Salt Lake County Lightning. I think we lost like two or three games all year. We had like Ben Keller, Jack Keller, uh, Nick O'Kane. Uh, it was a pretty good group, and yeah, like I said, I don't think we lost very many games all year, but that was probably the first team I really remember playing for. We traveled a little bit here and there. Yeah, those are, uh, I love the Lightning teams, and I, I love that uh, a few of the players that we've had on here, um, we just had Truscott on here too, and he was talking about, that's those. he just took the the progression, he went wreck to Lightning, and then tra- then to the other travel teams, so it's yeah. good to hear you went through the uh, progression because a lot of a lot of the kids just the parents throw them right into travel team maybe too soon. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, so you played Lightning and you mentioned the Kellers; those are great kids. Uh, I'm still friends with Ben on Facebook. I think he's dropped hockey and is a music guy now. And he was like, yeah, that's wow. what I've seen too. Him and Jack bump music all the time. I think together, which is super cool. Yeah, that is cool. They're such talented hockey players. I would have liked to yeah. see them play in college. Um, all right, so. At what what age do you remember thinking I really want to pursue this goaltending thing? This is what I want to do. Uh, I don't know if I could say a specific age, but you know, like when you're a younger kid, you look at the goalies; they don't do as much. And you guys know me; I was a fat, chubby kid. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't want to work very hard. Like, I might as well be a goalie, and I kind of liked it. Like, it, it was just fun to me. I thought the gear was super cool, the colors, everything like that. Yeah. So it kind of wasn't like I really want to be a goalie. I guess it's kind of I didn't really want to work very hard. Oh, okay. Um, so I, I started taking that up, and then I think I was oh gosh. 12 or 13, and it was kind of similar to your Jordan story. I don't know if you remember Mike Mandrick, but oh yeah, oh, yeah. Him, him and my dad were the coaches, and uh, we were getting bag skated. It was like an overspeed drill is what it was called. And there's me over there in the butterfly undoing my leather straps because I didn't want to skate, pretending like something was wrong with my pad. <laughs> and Mike Mandrick comes over. He's like, you know, cussing and swearing. He's like, get up and get your stuff on. Like, 
your pads are fine. You're just being lazy. And then, like, then, then you realize that you actually have to work pretty hard at this if you want to do something. Yeah. Okay, so you, you bring it up. And, I don't, and obviously not a lot of other people know the Jordan story, but it's, it's similar to that. And I think yeah. – I honestly think I maybe – said something not as mean as Jordan, but something similar to you in, in camp. But So tell tell me the – and for those that don't know, we're talking about Jordan Parisi, who is NHL superstars uh, Zach Parisi, his older brother. Jordan is a goaltender, and I used to fly the Parisi brothers out here to run my hockey camp back when nobody knew who they were. Right. Jordan's back to nobody knowing who he is. So um, so tell us about that. Tell us that story. Uh, I, I don't really vividly remember the whole thing. I just remember I, I was probably being my normal self. Like I said, when I started doing your camps, I was probably in between 8, and I want to say I was probably, I don't know, in the age of 8 to 12 at this time. And I was probably being lazy and just being kind of a little crap kid that I was and not working very hard and probably just going through the motions. And I remember him telling me something, you know, like quit wasting your parents' money and, like, just quit or, like, something like that. But it's funny now that I look back on it because, uh, my dad does his camps every summer, you know, and obviously I played at decently high levels uh, in the USHL and now Division One. And every every summer they vote for like their favorite coach and their least favorite coach, and I'm always the least favorite because they call me like the a hole of the camp. And when I look back on it now, it's kind of funny because I feel like I'm exactly how Jordan was. Like <laughs> he played at such high levels and he has such high expectations for himself that he carries that on through other through other people. Yeah, and I don't know if he necessarily saw potential in me, but he just hated seeing kids wasting their parents' money and wasting their time, you know? Yeah. Um, so then I probably took it to heart, and I was probably pretty upset, but now it's kind of funny because I feel like I find myself in similar shoes. So you're saying that the tough love worked. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't work for everybody, but at some point someone's got to get a kick in the butt. Right. So I try to have a different kind of camp. I try to make sure that my coaches don't burn kids out. I don't ever want yeah. – we never want to be the reason a kid quits the sport. That's yeah, and and, and you know because you've been a counselor with me before our yep. camp start, I have a meeting with all my counselors and I say, okay, I want us to be strict, but I want us to be fun, and I want every I, when kids leave this camp, I want them to have more passion for the game or reignite that flame than you, you know than they did when they came in the door, because yeah. to me that's the, that's the important part of it. As much as it is about skill building, it's about still loving the game. And so when you first told me that story, and that was like right after you got drafted, you told me the story about Jordan. Yeah. And, uh, and so I contacted Jordan and I said, you know, this is the second guy out of my camp because he remembers <laughs> um, Jordan Parisi and Evan Stofflet had to chase Daniel Brickley. You were at this camp too. Daniel got punched in the face or something at a camp. and. <laughs> He was he, same thing. He wasn't working hard, and he was bugging the other kids and being a goof off or whatever. He got punched in the face and was leaving the arena crying. And they right. kind of chased him down and told him the same thing. And I said, "This is the second kid that you've told like quit wasting your parents' money." And <laughs> and what any his what his defense is, and I totally agree with this, and I'm sure you will now too, as a as an elite level player and as a as a guy that's counseling, is that look, I'm telling you. To start working, otherwise you're just wasting your your parents' money. I'm not telling you to quit, although sometimes that's what kids hear. I'm just saying, you're not putting in any work. You can sit at home and play Xbox and save everybody money. If you're not going to work and you don't want to be an athlete, then stay home. But if you're going to be an athlete, you have to put in the work. Yeah, exactly. So he says that he 
I was calling him to give him crap about trying to chase kids out of my camp, and he said, no, look, two of the kids I told it to are now drafted <laughs> right. or playing, you know, playing in the A and playing mm-hmm. in the NCAA. So. He, he probably said that to about 50 other kids, but we're the only ones that brought it up. Yeah, <laughs> it could be. Jordan was, you know, honestly, that uh, he's got quite an ego to him, and I think that's, I mean, I, when he got scouted and when he was getting signed by the New Jersey Devils, I remember reading the report. You'll think this is funny. It said uh, his his scouting report said even his his stance is cocky. <laughs> so <laughs> everything about that's, the guy. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Yeah, well, he was a super good goaltender. He just got stuck behind a couple. Like he's backing up Martin Brodeur, mm-hmm. and then yeah. he gets traded to the Rangers and is backing up Lundqvist, and then gets in an argument and ends up in Pittsburgh. Like you're not gonna. It, <laughs> It's nobody else has been able to do it in this age group. Come in there and beat, yeah. beat out Lundquist, Flurry, or Brodeur, right? Yeah, it's not gonna happen. Yeah, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> All right, That's so part of it just being in the right place at the right time, and obviously in, in that time and where he was, it wasn't gonna happen. Right. Yeah. Tough. Tough. And I and I know you've ran into that too. So yeah. let's let's talk about uh, now. You survived my camp. Yeah. <laughs> and you're you're working your way up, and. Uh, Unfortunately, you take the road to Colorado, and I only say unfortunate because I wish there, w- I wish there was a better way to just stay here and not have to go to Colorado, and, yeah. to, and to advance your your hockey career. And I think it's the groundwork's been laid. I think there are organizations here now where kids can get out of here and evolve. But you took the road to Cal- Colorado, and uh, what age did you leave home? I left home at fifteen, and when I first left, I actually went to o- Omaha, Nebraska. Okay, so that was uh, that was U sixteen AAA. Yeah, U sixteen AAA. Okay, I was fifteen or sixteen, right around there. All right, how long how long were you in Omaha? Whole season? No, I was only in Omaha till Thanksgiving, and then I ended up leaving, and that's when I went to Colorado for the second half of the season, and then I came back that following year. So I was in Colorado for a total of a year and a half. Oh, okay, and uh, which organization were you with in Colorado? Uh, the Colorado Rampage. Okay. Perfect. Got to pump their tire, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so you're with Colorado, and now it's at, this is the age group. At U16, this is where you really have to shine, and this is where you really have to decide for yourself that you're going to put in the work. Yeah. Um, do you remember that happening? Or, or tell us a little bit about when you get to, like, when you all of a sudden you're playing AAA hockey. How is this going for you coming out of Utah? Um, yeah, when I left. When I left Utah, there was a lot of expectation for myself, for my family, from the coaches that I was going to play for. Uh, I had gone to the Omaha Lancers USHL main camp uh, that summer and made it actually pretty far as, like, the first year anyone can go to camp. Um, and there, the 16 AAA coach ended up really liking me, and they were a, a big team in the country, like, you know, played in, played in the national championship or whatever. Like, their 16 AAA team was really elite. And their coach like, listen, like, we want you to come be our guy here and you know, I kind of went there and played a game, and we played the contending national champions. And uh, I didn't play great, but I didn't play uh, uh, very good, I guess. And uh, I didn't really see the net again. And then I got moved technically up, but in that situation, it was down to the U18 AAA team. Okay. Um, so, you know, you, you have expectations. You're going to play a lot. And you, you first move away from home, so you're, you're homesick, and then you're dealing with this. So, you know, it was a lot to handle, to be honest with you. And I probably at that time, you know, you kind of get your head filled up. Like I went to USHL camp, you kind of think you're hot stuff. And 
Um, so I, I kind of had a big head, and then I moved and went to Colorado, and I kind of, I think I brought everything that have ha- had happened to me, like, with me, and I carried it on my shoulders, and I kind of had a chip on my shoulder. And it wasn't until my head coach one time finally, like, snapped me that I realized, like, I'm not as good as I really think I am. Oh, okay. Um, and it kind of calmed me down. Like, I give so much credit to everyone at the Colorado Rampage that I played for, Pat Bingham, Andrew Sherman, John Egg, uh, you know, everyone from um, our strength and conditioning coach to assistant coaches to the goalie coach there for really developing me more as a person than as a hockey player. Um, and I think that's kind of where I came and I really matured and realize that if this is something that I want to do, that I have to realize where I'm at and look reality in the face and just put my nose to the grindstone and just really just work, you know? Um, and that's at so 16? Played 16 AAA for the second half of the year. I was kind of the guy. Um, and then there was a 16-year-old who was in 96, and he was the starter for the U18 AAA team, and he was coming back the following year. And it was me and him. And uh, I think I played like 10 games all year. Um, but I just learned that, uh, I didn't want to be the whiny backup goalie on the end of the bench, so I just had the, the best attitude possible, and I, I try to pride myself on being the hardest working guy on the team. And I did extra stuff in the gym all the time. I was the last guy on the ice. I was the first guy on the ice, and it was funny because at the end of the year, my teammates and even my coaches, my nickname was Coach G, just because I was so positive with everybody. Wow, that's that's, that's great. very cool. That at that age that you can uh, can make that change. I wish. I would have had somebody like that to snap me out of being the <laughs> typical 15, 16-year-old. Who was the goalie coach there? Uh, Chad McLeod was who was there. And it was funny because for the longest time, I thought this guy hated me, right? Like, <laughs> he's kind of one of those goalie coaches that yells all the time. And I, I'd get so rattled, like, why does this guy hate me? Like, what am I doing? And finally, one time, I was like, Chad, like, why do you hate me? He's like, I don't hate you. He's like, I love you, but I see how good you can be. And it frustrates me when you don't, you know, when you don't put in a full effort or whatever it was, or you get frustrated at yourself. Like he's like, you're so close to being there, but you're you're holding yourself back, and it frustrates the heck out of me. And then after that, like we had the greatest relationship, and I just he kind of taught me again to just worry about the things that I can control, and that's your attitude and your effort and how hard you work. That's awesome, man. That's yeah. that's uh, that's something I wish. You know, I'm gonna have to bring you back every every year to talk to kids and just tell them that because if and honestly, we needed you to tell Jordan Parisi that because guys like you you need to have that attitude and yeah. uh, you know I try to teach it to everybody that's around me, even in the fire world. That's you know control what you can control in your in your not everybody gets promoted, right? Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so, all right, so. You you switch your mindset while you're playing 16s, and you become the perfect teammate, right? Now you're now you've got a new work ethic, you've got a new attitude, and uh, at what point do you go to the USHL? It was funny because that season, like I told you, I only played like 10 games, um, and my goalie partner was actually drafted to the Madison Capitals. And the day after the USHL draft, they invited me, you know, just as a uh, I guess a walk on, whatever you want to call it, to come to camp. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm going to go to that camp. And I didn't even, you know, I didn't talk to any null teams at all. That was the only camp I planned on going to. I really had planned to come back to play for the Rampage again. Um, my coach, Andrew Sherman, told me that I was going to be the captain, um, which is one of the, you know, the biggest things ever. You don't see goalies really be captains at all. So that right. was, to me, that was huge just to know that 
just because of who I am as a person and my work ethic and how how I lead by example that I was going to get an opportunity like that. Like I was really looking forward to it, but I want to take advantage of my opportunity at uh, Madison camp and ended up going in. And uh, it was funny the first day I pretty sure I tore my hamstring. Like my hamstring was killing me. My dad went and got icy hot. It was the first practice. And then the second practice, a goalie was at a different USHL camp and was coming in and he missed the practice. So their head coach Luke Strand was like, Hey, we need you to stay out for another one. And I was like, all right. And I gave up one one goal the entire practice, and it was on a rebound. I vividly remember it. And he skated up to me after the practice, and he said one goal the whole practice. And I go, yeah, and it shouldn't have even gone in. And then I, <laughs> I continued to have a good camp, obviously played well in the scrimmages and made the 30-man roster. Um, one of the toughest things was I went back to Colorado where Jacob was who I played with um, that got drafted in Madison, and he had to have hip surgery. Um, on either his right or left hip, I'm not sure. But I was training in Colorado, and all the kids were like, uh, you know, one good weekend, that's what they kept telling me. And they were like younger kids, and I was like getting pissed off. So they almost started getting in my head like, maybe I'm not going to make this team. And uh, sure enough, I ended up making and had a pretty good year. So Yeah, that's crazy. So was it after your first year that you got drafted? Yeah, it was my, after my first year in Madison. All right, so I want to you, – you make the team. Yep. Uh, which you didn't really know that you were going to make the team. You yeah, have a, you have a great year. At what point does the NHL become or come into the picture? Uh, well, first, obviously, at his colleges, it was funny because we played a like an exhibition tournament type type thing. Right now, they call it like the Fall Classic, but that wasn't around when I was there. And I played like one period of a game, and there was like ten colleges talking to me. I'm like, whoa, like. What is going on? Like, this is absolutely insane. Um, so you kind of get a little overwhelmed with that. And then my goalie partner, Darren Smith, he was committed to Fair State. I knew that he was going to play the majority of the games. We ended up splitting about 50-50. But uh, <clears throat> about halfway through the year, um, I got an Instagram message from, you know, like a Vancouver scout. He was asking me for video. Why he was contacting me, I have no idea. But yeah. um, I was kind of like, I wonder why he wants video. And then, uh, I talked to a couple more teams, and my coach talked to more teams, and I started, or I didn't really realize that it was going to happen until you know, like a week or two before the draft. Um, at this point, I'd already been to com- committed to UMass Lowell, which I think is probably a big part of why teams were showing interest. Connor Hellebuck was there, obviously, on the right. goalie for Winnipeg. Um, they had kind of bred goalies there, but it wasn't really till the fir- or a week or two before the draft, and actually. After my first season, I had committed to go in after my second season in the USHL. And the head coach at Lowell called me on, like, a Monday, and my dad just had, like, nose surgery or something. And he was like, I want to come talk to you and your family. So he flew out, uh, like, on a Friday to my my little house in Utah all the way from Boston, and he wanted me to come in a year early because he had a feeling that he had talked to some teams that he thought I was going to get drafted, and they wanted me to be able to finish school before I signed an NHL contract. So that's kind of when it hit me, a long story, but um, probably one or two weeks before the draft. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. And at, awesome. at this point, had you even heard from Anaheim? Is that one of the teams that had reached out to you? Or were I, they reaching no, out to I your had, college? No, I, I don't really know. I'm not sure who Anaheim had talked to. I had talked to uh, Dallas and the Detroit Red Wings, and then a week before the draft, Vancouver invited me to their development camp, so I thought they might not take me. Um, just because they had already sent me an invitation. Right. Um, 
And it's funny because I talked to Suggy, the goalie coach in Anaheim, actually my first development camp, and him and the, the goalie coach in Vancouver are good friends, and they were kind of joking around. Vancouver came up to me, he's like, you know, you mother freaker. And he's like, what? And he's like, we're going to take Metcalf with our next pick. And, uh, you know, I, I'm happy to be in Anaheim. It's an unbelievable spot. They've been nothing but great to me so far. So Yeah, and I just remember, like, I had no idea that was happening. And uh, I, I usually keep in pretty good contact with your dad. Or, you know, we yeah. we both run camps during the season. I try to promote his camp on my website and stuff. And we, we chat and we chat about how you're doing. But, like, completely blindsided when the draft thing happened. I thought you were having a decent year in the USHL. I, I didn't even realize it was your draft year. I thought maybe you had another year. And I was just like, it was just cool. Like, for... Yeah. Obviously, it's cool anytime a Utah guy gets yeah. gets something. We all get excited about it. But uh, and you're driving down the freeway, I-15, and there's a big congratulations to you. And oh yeah, Reagan Signs. Yeah. Reagan Signs put you yeah. all over. That was awesome. I can't remember who did that, but uh, my dad mentioned his name. But that was that was so super cool. Obviously, pretty pretty humbling that he would do that for me. Yeah, well, it's. I mean, we've got to celebrate the, the the people that are doing well in hockey, and it's it is awesome. And I think he's, if I if and I might be saying it wrong, but I think it was Reagan, and I think it was. I mean, his son's a goaltender. Yeah, yeah he's and, a hockey. Oh no, yeah, 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 it was. You're right, Dewey. Yeah, 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 Dewey Reagan. Yeah. So yeah, and, you know, and he's been really cool about it. He seems like he puts like the state championships up, and mm-hmm. and when the teams, you know, the local travel teams qualify for nationals, um, he puts those guys up too. So it's awesome that. You know, everybody here is is doing whatever they can from within their own companies to to plug the the Utah hockey as much as we can. <laughs> Obviously, that's the whole thing we're doing here. But so yeah, exactly. So tell me, I mean, you kind of missed. At what point do you get a phone call? Who calls you and tells you you've been drafted? Well, it's funny because I was in uh, Pittsburgh, actually, not far away from here, working with my goalie coach I work with now, Shane Clifford. Uh, he used to work for the Pittsburgh Penguins. You know. Top Mark Andre Fleury, John Gibson, who's actually played for the Ducks now. But yeah. so I was watching it on TV at his house, and uh, they're kind of going back through because it was later round, right? So they're going back through like all the first round picks and all their interviews. And so I was kind of watching the little draft board in the corner, but it wasn't updating very fast. So I pulled it up on my phone and I kept refreshing the page, like as every pick would go through. And I went to refresh the page, and my family advisor called me, and. Uh, I was like, come on, leave me alone, man. Like, I'm trying to watch it. <laughs> and he was like, do you know what just happened? And I'm like, no. And he was like, you you just been drafted by the Anaheim Ducks. And he was kind of like, congratulations. And I was just like, what? You know, like, what's happening? And we got off the phone. I refreshed the page. Sure enough, there was my name. I was a little upset because I had my height and weight off. But uh, <laughs> And then, uh, you know, a lot of people from Anaheim's organization started calling me to get flights and everything figured out so I could go out there for development camp. Yeah, that's unreal. So cool. So uh, when's the first conversation with your dad after that? How'd that go? I honestly don't remember. Uh, I'm (laughs) sure I called him after that. I think he was with my uh, Australian family in St. George. I think they were watching it too. And obviously you guys know my dad. He loves loves his sons and he was obviously really ecstatic and just super thrilled. It was a pretty cool experience. I wish I was with my family at the time to share that experience with them, but, um, you know, it's still super cool to be talking to them over the phone right after it happened. Yeah, that's crazy. All right, so you get drafted, and then all of a sudden you got to go to development camp. Yep. So it's is it a week later? Yeah, I was like not less than a week later, I think. How? Uh, tell us about just walking into the locker room 
as a NHL draft pick for your first time. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Uh, it's funny to look back on it now. Like, Nick Ritchie was at the camp, plays in the NHL. Brandon Montour is at the camp, plays in the NHL. Shea Theodore is at the camp, plays in the NHL. Like, so many guys that I was there at uh, development camp with now are big-time players in the NHL, and they play big minutes. And when you go there, you know, they're young guys, too. Like, this is their second development camp. This is their first development camp. Like, you don't really realize who they are. And now looking back, like, it's crazy. Some of the kids that I've got to play with, not only at development camp but other places, and, uh, you know, walking into a locker room like that, like, we didn't actually uh, practice or do the scrimmages at the <clears> – <throat> at Anaheim's uh, rink, we did it at the practice rink. Yeah. But, I mean, even being in the gym there at the practice rink and uh, just being around those facilities, the way that those guys get treated, the way that we get treated, the snacks, the the freaking the smoothies, like everything, it's insane. Anything that you need is catered to, and it's just unbelievable to be around. Yeah, that's uh, <clears throat> it's just got to be a dream come true. That's... Yeah. We we don't be the king. we don't know what it's like, so we like to hear stories. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tell us about the show. <laughs> so, all right, so you uh, you get drafted. Now you're you got that's got to increase your confidence, right? Yeah, but, but mean, don't you still play one more year juniors? Yeah, I went back and played another year in Madison. Ended up getting traded to Waterloo like halfway through. Uh, I close to halfway, three fourths of the way through the year. Uh, Madison wasn't in a playoff position, and Waterloo was, and. Uh, PK is uh, the coach there, and he's been known for trading for two, two good goalies, I think, a couple years before. He had me and Kale Morris, who plays at Notre Dame now and won the Mike Richter Award last year. He had uh, Cal Peterson and Cam Johnson. Cal Peterson obviously plays in L.A., and Cam Johnson played at North Dakota and signed with the New Jersey Devils. So um, he's been known to get two pretty good goalies. and uh, So, yeah, it was good. I, like you said, it, it increased, increased my confidence, but... Uh, I think maybe it got to my head a little bit that I was kind of a little cocky and had too much swagger about myself. You know, like I'm the drafted kid, and um, I wish going back I could go back on it and continue to tell myself that as great as that was, and that's something I'll never forget, it really doesn't mean anything at the end of the day. Um, You know, there's plenty of kids that don't get drafted that sign NHL contracts, and there's plenty of kids that do get drafted that never sign an NHL contract. So Right, you still got to do the work. Yeah, exactly, and it's a good feeling, but... I'm, I'm far from where I want to be. So I'll tell you, uh, um, it, it's fun. And there's two parts to the story I want to tell here because I, I remember you coming back to my camp after you were drafted. Yeah. And uh, I remember you definitely had way more swagger. And yeah. uh, I'm trying to. That was Elliot Hogue's year, I think. Were you there with Elliot? Yeah. Did he have long hair? Uh, I'm trying to remember. Yeah. So Elliot. Oh no 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 yeah I I, I know who you're talking about now yeah. Elliot is a goalie coach in the WHL and has been a scout like he's scouted with Vancouver and he's he's helped with NHL stuff and he told me he's like the kid's really really confident now he's like he's he's going to get knocked down a peg and then he'll come back up. Th- those were his exact <laughs> words to me. Yeah. He told me that you uh you were you were at the point where you needed to come back down a little bit and then yeah, work 100%. through it. And then I remember when Zach got drafted. Uh Zach Parisi and we just talking with his father about it, and he was expected to go second or third pick, but there was a lot of knock on him because he's only five foot nine. They're like, "How can this kid play in the NHL at five foot nine? Yeah, and uh, so he was supposedly a lottery pick from either top five spots drops to sixteen, and uh, New Jersey tra- obviously the, the history is there. We know that New Jersey trades up to get him, 
And he gets drafted, and he gets – this was before the new collective bargaining agreement. He gets a $1.3 million signing bonus and one point three a year for three years. And he's – his dad comes to him. He puts the money in the bank. You know, he starts getting the payments or whatever. His dad comes to him. Zach's planning on going and buying a new truck, and he said, I don't care where you were drafted. I don't care that you were drafted. I don't care how much money you have. You're not driving up to the rink the first day in a brand-new truck because you, yeah. you haven't earned any of it. <laughs> yeah. So literally, Zach bought a two-year-old uh, Chevy Avalanche, and that's that's the first truck he had for three years. He drove yeah. that thing for three years, and he Man, he negotiated it <laughs> a lot. Which turned yeah, I mean it's it's one of those things where sometimes you get drafted, or I'm, I'm just assuming I don't know, obviously, but that's you still got to work for it. You still got to earn it. So just like you said, it's it's it happened and it's cool, but some kids get drafted and they don't sign. Yeah, exactly. So, and I, I think it was the year after. So you go to UMass Lowell after that, and you have a season. And then I, I reach out to you, and uh, I'm like, hey, right, I need you to come coach my goalie camp this year. And you said, no, I got too much work to do. Like, you you were a different kid on that phone call. So can you kind of, like, you all of a sudden, you just knew you were going to work hard again, right? Uh-huh. Like, you'd been yeah. working hard, but you just decided that I'm just focusing on making it to the next I'm going to better myself again. Yeah, like I like we just said, I think it was after that UMass Lowell season. And obviously, that was a tough tough year for me. Uh, I didn't play as many games as I wanted to, and whatever happened, happened. It's in the past, and I try not to look back on it. But it's funny because I keep coming back to you know places like this in my career. Like I come back to Omaha. It wasn't really a good situation, but look look how good everything turned out when I was in Colorado how good it was for me mentally, how good it was for me to mature as a person and how it instilled in me to keep working hard. And then, you know, I kind of feel like I took a step back and UMass Lowell back to the Omaha situation. It wasn't really a good situation. You know, I was in a tough spot mentally. It wasn't really playing where, you know, I, I come to Mercyhurst and I have to redshirt a year and I realize that I got to get back on that horse again and I got to continue to just keep working hard and control what I can control. And then unfortunately, after Christmas break, I found out I had to have bilateral hip surgery so I have that and then at this point it's kind of back to square one again where I I put in all this work all last year and it was almost for nothing because I hadn't even played a game after putting in all that work and then I had to you know sit out I was sitting on my butt for the whole entire summer uh recovering from bilateral hip surgery and you know at the beginning of this year it's funny I played the first game of the year against Bowling Green and I wasn't ready for that game uh, I thought I thought I was ready for that game. After the second period, I thought I was going to freaking die. I couldn't even breathe. Oh. Um, but, you know, it just keeps bringing you back to where you are and where you need to be. And, uh, you know, sometimes we think we're where we need to be, but we really aren't. And the only way we're going to get to where we need to be is just to put our heads down and just keep working. Yeah, that's amazing. So you make the transfer to Mercyhurst. Yep. And uh, it's it's a better fit. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I love my teammates at UMass Lowell. I still keep in touch with a bunch of them. Some of them came and watched us play when they had an off weekend. Uh, it, to be honest with you, I just didn't really feel like I, I vibed with the coaches a whole lot. Okay. Um, you know how it is as a goalie. Like, when you're not playing, and at Lowell we had three, four goalies, and when you're not playing, like, it's really tough, and it, it made it tougher for me because I felt like the coaches, I felt like the coaches didn't care about me, and, when I say that, I don't mean that they didn't care about me, but it's just like, you know, a couple times a week asking a kid, 
hey, Garrett, how's school going? Or how's your family doing? Or, you know, how's this or how's that? Because at the end of the day, like, we love hockey so much, and but it's just a game. Like, there's more important things in life than, than uh, just hockey. So I felt like I didn't really have a relationship with those guys. And if, if they would have been better to me on that front, I think I would have probably stayed. Okay. But I was so uncomfortable. They made it so hard for me to go to the rink every day. I felt like I was walking on eggshells, and I felt like they just didn't want me to be there. We're here every day, you know, my head coach, hey, Garrett, how are you? How you doing today? You know, we love having you here, man. I feel wanted. I feel like they want they want me to be here. Oh, that's yeah. Communication. you got to communicate, right? Yeah, exactly. It's just having a relationship, yeah. you know. Yeah. And you know a kid's struggling, and you know the kid wants to play, and it's tough. How hard is it for you to go out of your way and say, hey, Garrett, how are you doing today? Or how's school going, you know? Yeah. Little things. Yeah, that's funny. That, yeah, that's come up a few times with uh, with some of the other goalies that I've talked to, and uh, we've been talking to Ben Meisner, and he said the same thing. And he's a he's a different kid because he had a lot of other um, issues, uh, you know, with uh, OCD and stuff, and he just didn't feel like he felt in any or you know he just didn't blend in anywhere. Yeah. And sometimes coaches just don't. I don't know if they just don't realize it or they just don't know to reach out. But yeah, it's crazy. I think. I think coaches a lot of times, too, I mean, goalies are obviously weird, but (laughs) they put them in a category of, like, like I'm going to leave this kid alone and kind of let him do his own thing, like, do what he's going to do because goalies are weird. Like, I don't want to mess with them. And I get that. But, I mean, during a practice week, like, we're human beings, too. You know, like, because we're the weirdos doesn't mean that we don't like having a normal conversation with another human being. Right. If, if your starting goalie is a weirdo and doesn't like being talked to on game day, by all means, don't talk to him on game day. But during a regular week, like it's totally different. Yeah, and you hear, I mean, and you hear that all the time. My goalies are weird, but they're weird in their own way. And some yeah. and some goalies, I heard, uh, I think it's quick. I think quick just has is just so nonchalant on game days, where like a guy like Flurry, you can't interview him on game days. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah, it's just, uh, and, and Quick almost seeks it out. Like, he needs to sit down and talk to everybody about it. Um, yeah. So how's Mercyhurst doing this season? Uh, we're doing okay. We uh, we actually just played Trescott's team. We were in second place. I saw that, yeah. Uh, and we got swept out there. Uh, personally, it wasn't a good weekend for me. And um, if you're going to be successful anywhere, especially in the NCAA, you got to have good goaltending. And um, I didn't think that I was really there for my team and, on both nights, and obviously, you know, the goalie's the last line of defense, and it's easy to point the finger at that guy, but I can look in the mirror and tell myself that I didn't think I was as good as I could have been or as good as I have been in the past. Did you start both um, games? So, yeah, I saw both games. Okay. Um, ended up getting, yeah, ended up getting pulled uh, the second night um, after after five, so wasn't too good. But, uh, yeah, so now I think we're in fourth place, and, the Atlantic Conference is really close. It's not like any other league. Um, from top to bottom, there's maybe four wins that separates every team, and I, I think it's that way every year. So it's going to come down to, you know, the very last game. All right, we're running out of time. I've got a couple questions I like to ask everybody, and and they're important to me to to hear the answer to. And the first one is, um, you you can't say your family. <laughs> Who beside your family? was the most influential for you that helped you get to where you are today? Oh, that's tough. There's so many, there's so many people. Um, I honestly don't think I could give you one person. Like you said, you can't say your family. I'd probably say my dad. Yeah. Um, but I mean, just, I know we're running out of time, but just to list a few, like 
Mark Sample, Chad McLeod, Andrew Sherman, Pat Bingham, um, even here, Greg Gardner, Tommy Upton, uh, Rick Gawkin. I feel like people that have kept me up almost when I was down or when I felt like I, I could have gave up on myself, but they were there to believe in me and show me, you know, you can do this if you want to and you have the potential to do it, but these are some of the things that you have to do. Um, and I honestly don't think that there's one person that's been – uh, you know, there for me throughout the entire time, right? Like right. I've been in multiple different states um, playing for different teams. So it's kind of been along the way, those people have helped me progressively get to where I needed to be. Okay. And now, now you're the senior guy. Now you're the counselor. And now I need you to tell a young Garrett Metcalf or a young, whatever, a young goaltender out here or a young hockey player. What's your word of advice? If you can separate everything uh, else, what would you? What, what's your best advice to give these kids? I'd uh, quote Jordan and say, "Quit wasting your parents' money and work hard." Un- unbelievable! <laughs> I love it. I love it. And it's and, and again, it's not a rip. It's just man, if you're going to be there, my camp's my camp is six hundred and fifty dollars a week, and it's uh, it's the least expensive camp out there. That's basically what it costs to put it on. Yeah, that's, and that's a great chance. And your dad? I say it a little, a little bit better than that. I wouldn't say uh, quit wasting your parents' money and work hard. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But, yeah, just like I told you earlier, the most important things are your attitude, your effort, and controlling what you can control. And I know that's tough, especially when you are younger and you want things to happen a certain way. It's, that's how I am right now. You know what I mean? Like I want to play every single game, but I know that that's not reality. Right. So I'm just going to focus on being the best me I can be every single day in the classroom, on the ice, in the weight room. When you focus on things like that and you can look yourself in the mirror at the end of the day, you're going to be able to look yourself straight in the eyes and know that you gave, you gave an honest effort and you gave yourself the best possible chance to be successful. Yeah, because you, can you imagine being the guy that had the opportunities but didn't put in the work and then yeah. five years from now you're like, I probably could have been in the NHL making wow. – Yeah. I would hate to look back on life and say that I wish I would have worked that much harder. Yeah. And when you say that much harder, it's probably – Minuscule. Yeah. Unreal. Good. Great advice, Garrett. Hey, so real quick, what's your, you know, what's your uh, when you're getting ready for a game, what's your playlist? Oh, yeah. What's, what's your music? My playlist? Like, what do I listen to? Yeah. Yeah, you rock uh, guy. I got all sorts of stuff. I don't know. I'm kind of like, uh, I guess I don't know how to explain it, like electronic or like techno. I don't, I don't know. Okay. Like Cal- Calvin Harris, like stuff like that, like upbeat, uh I have the same playlist. I kind of play the same songs around the same time during the day. Um, unless I find new music and I get sick of old stuff. Um, but when I'm playing, I'm kind of a guy that puts in my headphones and does my own thing. And then when I'm not playing, I'm a little bit looser, I guess. <laughs> so I'll listen to whatever the team's listening to. But I still do the same routine and uh, still go about my day the same. Nice. Very cool. All right, Garrett, that's going to that's gonna wrap it up for today. Um, Matt, I, I just... Again, we're we're huge fans, and uh, everybody here in Utah is is behind you and pulling for you, and we hope the most for you. I know Jordan is is hoping the best for you, and uh, we just like I said, we're we're trying to watch all the Mercyhurst games, and I love seeing you play. It was it was tough seeing you go up against Trescott the other day because like you know you got two Utah kids out there, <laughs> and both kids that I've coached for years, and uh, but we just love you both, and we're we're excited for you guys. Yeah, well, we appreciate uh, everything you guys are doing. I think this podcast is awesome. It's good to, uh, you know, get the younger viewer, viewers and even parents to listen to some guys that have had 
some success that have come from Utah. I know there's kind of a, I feel like there's almost a stigma out there that if you come from Utah, like you can't really go anywhere, but there's obviously living proof out there that's doing it right now. So Yeah, you guys are the proof. Awful. Most The most yeah. players we've ever had in NCAA. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, so thanks for everything you do. Good luck on the season. Uh, for those of you who haven't subscribed yet, it's so simple to do. <laughs> it's I'm, so simple. All you got to do is text the word PUCK, P-U-C-K, to 57500. Uh, check us out on the KSL Sports app or kslsports.com under podcasts. We're in all the other places that you find podcasts. Yeah, so absolutely. Google Play and iTunes. So it's that simple. And for uh, once again, for Garrett Metcalf and for, for the G-Man, the other G-Man, for Gary Michaels and the Jay Stevens, I'm out. That is the Utah Puck Report.